Hello, and welcome back to The Dive. I'm Jack, joined by Kobe and Azale, and we have the privilege of welcoming everyone to our second episode. The privilege. The privilege. The honor. Yeah, I, I should just ad-lib these anyway. <laughs> uh, we're doing power rankings today, but the tweak here is it's essentially predicting what the standings will look like at the end of the regular season, and then we also haven't talked to each other about the power rankings, so we're going in completely blind. Yeah. And then we're going to make uh, kind of an aggregate at the end to have the dive power rankings. We'll see how close we are to each other, I imagine. I think there's going to be some differences because this year actually seems pretty hard to rank a lot of the teams going into it, yeah. especially once you get towards the middle, towards the bottom. It's like a lot of these rosters, I'm, I'm looking at them and I'm like, is this really the worst team in the league? Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of weird saying that about some of these different teams. Exactly. It's hard to pick a number 10. Like it's, it's really hard to even for me to do the top of it. And yeah. like there's my first draft of this list was like the safe list. This yeah. is the, this is what people like the general Expect. public is expecting to see yeah. for the power ranking. Like the Reddit crowd that pays a lot of attention to the league is going to have this. And then I was like. Mm, edgy Jack came nah. out after that. No, no, no. And he was like, I'm yeah. actually going <laughs> to go. I don't want to be hipster. I just want to go with exactly what I think Optic and gaming. try not to be influenced by the other things. Yeah. Who'd you say first? I, Optic Games. Yeah, his, his list is going <laughs> to. He's like, Greenwall, baby, let's go. <laughs> uh, there is a one in my ranking for Optic. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so, do you want to start at number one or number 10? Uh, well, you better start one. it off at 10 now because <laughs> I know where you're going for that one. I feel, I feel like we should start at number one. Let's it work is, our it way is more down. exciting. Yeah, let's way. work our way okay. down. Spoiler alert for is the it? end of the Yeah, that's hype. Yeah. You want to start us off? No. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, I have at number one, I have TSM. Okay. Uh, I think this is going to be what most people have. I don't know. Yep. I would be surprised if either you did not. Simply because, you know, if you want to talk about <laughs> safe, this, this does seem like by far the safest. You're taking a team that has won, you know, multiple titles in a row in NA, mm -hmm. three times in a row. You're adding a bot lane that won four times in a row in Europe. You know, perhaps the, the best bottom side of the map, I think, ever put together, you know, you could say in, on a Western team. Um, Sven, Mithy, and Bjergsen is, like, extremely good. Mm -hmm. They have so many championships under their belt, so much experience. Honster was very good in NA last year, was solid at Worlds. The only real question mark is how good is Mike Young going to be? Mm -hmm. But, like, I honestly feel like it doesn't even matter. Like, you're, you're, you have such a good team. With it the doesn't matter. Players. It does matter how good your jumper is. Matter? It, it, it does. Matter, it matters. It matters a lot. It matters, but I, I cannot see him performing at a level that is, like, so so low that it just drags everything down is more my point, right? Like, oh, I have faith. Man. I have faith that Holy he's, crap, Azalea's coming out hard. This is not flaming Mike Young. This is No, I, I, know, I know. I'm saying you're coming out very strong for yeah. TSM. Yeah. I, I did not expect this like level of speech for TSM. I, I just, well, he's, he's I just think that, I just think I... looking like looking at he's taking your crown. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. uh, the TSM. <laughs> I just think looking at the rosters, it's so hard to bet against a team that has this many championships that has this much experience. Okay. So I mean, based on that, yeah, like it is. It's a three-time championship for Hanser and Bjergsen, right? Four times in a row for and for, for, for G2, three times in a row for Zvenimithi because they didn't join G2 until oh, summer true. of 2016. Yeah, yeah, but still, yeah. like. Four of those players are, are three-time back-to-back champions. Kobe. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe that you're you guys are like so. Oh yeah, it's 100 TSM. Like completely convinced by. That. I'm not, I actually I'm not debated convinced. for a super long time. Like we were doing, I was doing mine like, yeah. right before we started here. Super but long time. I was Last five minutes. I was, <laughs> I, I was debating it for a very long time because yeah. the biggest difference to me this year from the previous years, and you know, yes, TSM and the pedigree, and they have the history and all of that, and we can go back years and years with it. 
But this year, the biggest change to me um, is that while Andy uh, Reginald um, is always like super focused on, on fixing one problem mm -hmm. and, and getting the best TSM he can get, this year he actually had to give up a lot of power to the other teams in order to make the change that he wanted to to make and the right. direction they want to go in with you know the communication and they said that Biofrost and Svenskeren probably didn't have you know weren't good at mm -hmm. communicating so they really wanted to fill those roles mm -hmm. and so he went out as TSM in this unique position of we have Bjergsen as a resident like that's that is why TSM mm -hmm. you know is the crown jewel right yeah um they have they're the only team that could import you know Sven and Mythic because yep. everybody else has to import a solo laner yeah um so they do that but in doing that they kind of give up that that godlike power where they had control of Doublelift and and Bjergsen you know the basically mm -hmm. the best resident yep. players mm -hmm. and so that opened up for a lot of power in the other teams and the other rosters which to me, why I was looking so heavily at Team Liquid, I was looking very heavily at CLG with the improvements that they made. I like what you're saying, I, I feel like I feel like there are a lot of of other contenders that, while TSM looks looks very strong, yeah. um, the the power diffusal that they had to do to like bring that together because they're looking at only worlds. Um, I think overall made NA stronger, and I and the the other contenders for that top spot yeah. look pretty good. I think there is huge contention for that first spot, and. While I agree that they have a lot of championships and I agree that TSM had to make changes based on their consistent world's failures, yeah. I don't think it's for sure a clear upgrade because they were three-time champions mm -hmm. with that old roster. And now they've essentially tried to construct a super team, right? They took two of the best players from Europe. They're throwing them on TSM. They're saying, Mithy, you're now the leader, where his regular seasons are very inconsistent and he pulls it together towards playoffs and is okay internationally, right? They had that great MSI run, mm -hmm. but their world's performances too have been not good, right? One and five and three and three if you look at the last two group stages. So I have, I don't have TSM at first in my power rankings. I have TSM at second wow. in these power rankings. But it's because I have huge question marks about Mike Young. And I have question marks about how quickly they will be able to gel together. If you think about the last time TSM made large roster changes, they changed out after the 2015 World Championships, everyone but Bjergsen. This year, they changed out everyone except Bjergsen and Hanser, and they changed their coach. It's pretty much the same scope of change. When we were doing best of ones, they were sixth in the regular season. So I so, do not think it's a given that they're going to finish first. They added the European LCS MVP, the best AD carry in North America, right? Then they added Hanser and Sven Skarin, who were two pretty high players, and they finished sixth, right? So like, I definitely don't think it's a sell that they're first for sure. I mean, I, I think that Song is, is someone who also brings a lot to this roster. Like, I was so impressed by what Song did with Immortals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, <laughs> a, a, a someone who is that strong like voice as a coach, I yep. think is something that TSM has been missing. Parth has been, I think, a, a good coach, but he was always more intended to be an analyst. He was never really uh, meant for that role orig originally. And I just think that song has really kind of proven himself with what he did with Immortals. And I think he was such a good coach there that that alone to me is a really big upgrade for TSM. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I think that none of these teams can contest TSM. That's not really what I was trying to say. I just couldn't see a world in which I predicted anyone else right. uh, at the top of the power rankings. It's not that I don't think that Liquid contest, could contest them. It's not that I don't think that CLG could, you know, could But do you it, don't see any of them winning. 
at the end yeah, of the I mean, day, you're making the for, for my power right. rankings, yeah, I think that TSM should be number one. I yeah. think that they're by far the odds-on favorite to me. Like, if, if I'm putting money on this, that's the team I'm going to put money on because I think with the experience, this is not the same uh, type of thing where you, like, brought in Yellow Star and these sorts of things. Like, I know I've seen some comparisons of, like, oh, well, why is Venning Mithy going to be good when Yellow Star wasn't? Like, I just think that uh, this is, I mean, like, out of Yellow Star is a, a whole different that's, player, that's right? That's not yeah. even... But at least, at least the expectations coming in mm-hmm. were eerily similar. They right? were, but but I Yellow Star was an MVP. I, I did not have I, expectations yeah. for Yellow Star. I, I hate those comparisons because I that's did what I exactly. Did too, yeah. I, I did I did not have those high expectations for Yellow Star, right? And that's why I don't we, like him we knew very well coming in that you know he, he wasn't this the sharpest mechanically and, and all this stuff. Yeah. Is Mithy the sharpest mechanically? I, I don't think that he's nearly um he is better mechanically he's much better. Yes. Yeah. Far far better. A- anyways but um, he's also not the best mechanically yeah. I, I no. think to me um all the all the you know positives that you're talking about and all the moves, I think TSM made you know good improvements, correct. But they are only looking at worlds. So looking at um, the North American LCS, which we're we're ranking right now, how they're going to finish mm-hmm. just in spring. By the way, um, this is for the spring. This battle. is for the spring regular season standing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and to me, uh, the time should, period. Should we do like? I think they will go to season? MSI. You think I, I would rather look who at wins the whole split. But or do you need to change your? I don't know if that, that changes for you guys. For for me in my head, when I'm thinking end of <laughs> so, spring, I'm thinking which team goes yeah. to MSI, and I'm saying TSM goes to MSI for North America. The reason I'm bringing up the timeline is because of the Mike Young factor, and I think yeah. that's that's the one area on the you know with the roster shuffles that you can actually look at TSM and be like, okay, well, um, you know, Mike Young, he he didn't have the best end uh, end no, performances there. Um, while he is a great communicator, he is a great player, you know, and there is a lot of growth potential I see there. That's why the time period is a big factor for yeah. me because I think yeah. that he'll start off, you know, pretty slow. I think he'll he'll probably be, you know, making a couple mistakes early on. We saw it all stars and stuff. You know, there's a lot of dives and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I do think that TSM and like you're talking about bringing on Song and and the organization. I think that surrounded by those players. Um, Such a and good coach staff and the yeah, I think that he definitely will succeed eventually. So that's why right. a little bit of time in the changing yeah. of where we're judging these rankings actually well, to me makes a, a decent amount the, of the name for these power rankings was end of regular season standing. Yeah. That's a very mm-hmm. easy time to judge. So you still have TSM yep. first. Yeah, I, what's your first? Even though I, I even though, yeah, even though I'm yeah. I'm saying all of this stuff in you know uh, being a big proponent for the other teams, I still in the end did also put TSM. Um, in number one, even after uh, all of the debate I went through, but that, is, that I was saying that's why it yeah. was so difficult for me, and that's why I was really surprising. Uh, to, to he's, going, he's going in strong, he's for sure. So I have a lot of faith uh, in the song, and yeah, the team, yeah. And I think I think the team did exactly what they needed to do. I think they're going to be very good. Mm-hmm. But uh, my team at number one, and this is definitely something that. I struggle with optic already, a lot. right? Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because of the experience of Power of Evil at Worlds. He beat TSM. They're going number one. Uh, no, my number one team this year is CLG. Uh, wow. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, this is definitely something uh, that I don't think a lot of people will do, no. but I don't want to regret this down the road of being like, I, I don't want to be that guy in like week six be like, I called it. I knew COG was going to be good. And they'll be <laughs> like, then why didn't you put him first in your power rankings, Jet? No, because I I, I, I want to be the one who calls this. Okay. Then if you get it wrong, we also get to we also get on you, you for yes. a long time. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, okay. is, that is the trade-off, but it's going to be worth it because they're going to be the best. Uh, okay. Here's, here's essentially why. 
Um, COG has incredibly strong solo laners that mm-hmm. I think get slept on. Uh, I had Darshan as the best top laner in North America last year, and that was playing with a revolving door. He played with three different junglers last year, Xmithy, Dardoch, and Omar God, and he was consistently good with all of them and was better as the summer split progressed. Huhi is someone who went from a super inconsistent player to being a mid laner who plays like no one else in the North American LCS and I think is pretty much universally respected. But the big wild card for me here is a tandem of Rainover being on a team with strong solo laners again and the jungle changing back a little bit to be much more similar uh, to what it was in 2016 when he was so successful on Immortals. <clears throat> because I see Rainover as an extremely strategic jungler who's incredibly good at pathing and is very, very good at playing with strong soul laners. Like, that's what he did with Huni uh, back in Immortals, where he would just always get ahead of the other jungler by two or three levels, mm-hmm. crush them that way. On top of that, Nick Allen, the investment with Madison Square Garden, the fact that they've been trying to get Rainover for multiple years, the fact that it's a bit of a refresher, I actually think, to not have Aframu and splitting his responsibilities up a little bit. I got to talk with Zix. He's making this like responsibility system where everyone has their own like little bits. The flow chart. It's, a, yeah. it's one of the chore charts. You clean the floor, you yeah. take out the trash. <laughs> he's, he's very secretive, so he like didn't even tell me like exactly what it was, yeah, but it's course. like they don't have a clear shot caller. They have a system for what they want to do and who he's going to be running uh, probably more than other people, but uh, that's about it. And anyway, they were good with Omar God, who I think was like the ninth or 10th best jungler in the NALCS. And now you're switching him out for a guy who was an MVP. And I am right now willing to write off his year on Liquid because of their awful solo laners. And I feel like that organization was in a huge flux for pretty much a whole year. And that's a big risk. I absolutely understand that's a big risk. But if he is 2016 Rainover, this is a long rant because I feel like I need yeah. to preemptively yeah. justify myself. You're going to have to explain a lot. Yeah. Go ahead. And I'll let you guys counter afterwards. Uh, but that's kind of why. I think soul laners, rain over, and their bot lane's also quite good. I think Biofrost yeah. is great mechanically. So, I mean, to me already, it's like you're you're saying you're going to write off the whole year that happened with Rainover. It's a prediction. I, I don't yeah, and I mean and that's fair, but but I won't give you that like cuz <laughs> cuz I I think, you know, it, it's it's justifiable uh, that CLG could be at the top. I have them pretty high in my rankings, <laughs> but but to pretend that the whole last year did not happen of Rainover with Liquid, I can't do because to me it was not just about uh how the rest of his team played it's looking at him you know in a vacuum and mm-hmm. looking at his decisions and uh how he performed game to game and a lot of the time i was left wanting with Rainover. you know i was so impressed with him in previous years mm-hmm. back on fanatic back on immortals but he never really seemed to get it going and one of my biggest concerns with Rainover as a player for for longevity wise has been the fact that uh with Immortals, at the end of that year, he started struggling. There was a lot of talk about wrist issues, how he couldn't practice as much, how he was in pain. Uh, then going into the next year, All-Stars, he struggled. Ever since, really, his the end of his last year on Immortals, he has not been the same player to me. If he could be back to that level, I would I would maybe be all on board the hype train, but I think that's such a big question mark um, for me. And also, you know, while Biofrost did amazing with Doublelift, mm-hmm. Stixay and Aphromoo did not have a great year, and mm-hmm. this could certainly be a, a reinvigorated bot lane. You know, it's two young guys who are kind of now separated from their superstars, but we don't know what they're going to really look like yet. Like, Stixay has had such high highs. I think Biofrost was really strong, but again, with Stixay, his last year was not was not really at the level that I, I think it needs to be to be uh, on the best team in the league against, you know, Zven and mm-hmm. Mithy and Doublelift and Olay, because those two bot lanes are just monstrous to me yeah. i want to really quickly uh just before kobe jumps in uh, say one more thing about rainover 
Last year was definitely very bad. But when he was successful in 2016, he pioneered a bit of the North American style where he stopped other junglers from being able to gank, so mm -hmm. to speak, because he would always find kind of the counter jungling pattern where he would take one card into the jungle. And then since he'd have a level advantage on you, he was perfect about finding his way back there and having laners that would support him. And then ne the next year, A, he didn't have laners who could support him because they were always pushed yeah. in. B, that jungling was no longer incentivized because catch-up experience was so huge. So jungling was completely different last year where it was all about making these improvised, kind somewhat random moves to trick the other players and get good ganks off. And Rainover's just not good at that. But now I feel like the 2016 style works again. I would say that in addition to, um, you know, individual mistakes that we did see from Rainover, like you're talking about, Azale, um, the other part of your argument with the super strong solo laners and pushing and going for, you know, invades and stuff like that, um, I mean, I love Darshan. I think Darshan's extremely, uh, you know, strong top laner, mm -hmm. um, and he's extremely versatile. However, I don't see him, like, smashing in someday and, and hooning and blame, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. so, like, like the the top lane talent in North America right now is heavily it's imported really with a lot of like if I'm only looking at lane face like I'm not even talking about overall players you know game sense yeah. and and going bottom lane mm -hmm. and playing with the team mm -hmm. and all this stuff Huni and someday as pure laners is insane like even even mm -hmm. in Korea um like those that's that's pretty you know formidable uh you know top lane competition so um like. I feel like that is also a, a pretty hefty leap, but uh, I definitely like where you're going. And I, had, yeah. hey, I, had, I had remember the game last year where someday played Nasus against Darshan Shen. I do not. Darshan smashed that game. Like, not only was he winning lane, he was teleporting all over the place, crushing him. So, like, he played against yeah. the imported top laners last year. But I like how you I, said you I, like where I'm going. Exactly. I was about to go. I <laughs> yeah, was about I like to go. The part where you said I was smart. <laughs> yeah. The rest of that stuff, I wasn't about it. But I, that part was good though. I was, <laughs> I was about to go on the offensive for COG yeah. here. Yeah. Because I also have them very highly rated. And I do especially like um, you know, looking at Basically, we take our last known quantity, the last time that we saw these teams play, and then we go with the theoretical upgrades or downgrades that they made mm -hmm. in the offseason. And I feel like CLG, even with all these question marks on Rainover, have made pure upgrades. Um, I mean, how is Biofrost, Biofrost a pure, pure upgrade? I think that Bi Biofrost okay. is a pure upgrade. Um, they. Well, the team has talked a lot about how they. he is actually communicating very heavily. Mm -hmm. And Biofrost mm -hmm. did a video where it seems like he took that explanation for his removal from TSM fairly personally and he is and people change like people forget that you know you can take criticism mm -hmm. in and actually improve uh, and I think feel like Biofrost is definitely an extremely hard-working guy right um and yes you know obviously they probably told him this throughout the year and he'd been trying to mm -hmm. improve on mm -hmm. this for a while but um it to me it doesn't seem like the biggest loss if you have a team that does have Huni who talks a, or who he who talks a lot, Rainover who talks a lot, Darshan who talks a lot. Um, like they've been communicating and stuff with Aframu for a very long time. So I have a hard time believing that they're just gonna be brainless without Aframu on the team there. They'll so be fine. I feel like I feel like that isn't the biggest loss as far as the direction of the team. I, uh, because a lot of it to me also came from Zix, came from the coach. And him, I have faith in him you know, preparing this, these guys mm -hmm. before going into teams and sending them in with good game plans. 
Um, so I feel like the biggest takeaway that people are usually cite with the roster moves for CLG here um, isn't that big of a drop off for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I have a ton of respect for Aphromoon. I think he's, you know, one of the best and um, as far as in-game leaders and all that. But I don't think that CLG got hit that hard in that retrospect. To me, the biggest question mark is Rainover's individual play. Yeah, so, because I, yeah. I saw a lot of actual individual like mechanical mistakes and stuff from him too. I, I will say like the only thing like I cannot agree with Bowfrost as being a pure upgrade because like while while I'm never gonna say that this is like a brainless team, I think that there's some really smart players. They have an amazing coach. These guys are gonna be talking. The question that I would pose is like, you know, the way I'm looking at it is every single time you ever hear the comms for CLG in in like a clutch fight, like who it's always Aphromoo. It's always him calling what they need to do, saying where they need to be, saying they're still gonna win the fight, saying he's gonna engage on this person. It's always been him. And I'm not saying that this team is going to fail. I'm not saying this team cannot have good shot calling. But to call it a pure upgrade, I don't agree with okay, that. Okay, maybe the, your your pure is being taken pure to you. I, pure I'm to saying me is over, like upgrade over, in every way. Yeah, okay, so right. overall upgrade. I could see that, yeah. But like as far as shot calling, I just think that <laughs> yeah. I can't Not I can't in absolutely an every yeah. single way. Yeah, not not in not in yeah. all aspects sure. upgrade. Yeah. But I think okay. in net. How about this? Okay. Net upgrade. Net upgrade. Net I accept pure. your definition. <laughs> Purely okay, net. Good. Let's go to let's go to number yeah, two. Yeah, we we spent 30 minutes, 25. Well, we, we've been discussing we've these. We've already so discussed like two full teams. Exactly. Basically, but yeah. So that number one was TSM, TSM, CLG. What's your number two? Mine liquid. is TSM. Mine's Liquid. So I think I know what your number three is. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's just talk about Liquid then. I mean, Liquid, I, one of the bigger reasons uh, that I have put Liquid so high, I mean, is obviously individual talent is extremely high on this team. Um, but one of the things I really thought a lot about when I'm looking at these teams and how successful I think they're going to be. It's like, can any other teams in the league really compete consistently with the bottom lanes of the top two teams? And and I felt that Doublelift and Olay and Zvenimithi are probably head and shoulders above uh, the rest of the bottom lanes in the league. Mm -hmm. You're also taking essentially, you know, three-fifths of Immortals and then Impact, I, I don't know if like how much of an upgrade, downgrade, side grade you want to call that because I think Flame was actually really good for mm -hmm. Mortals last year. Uh, but I think Double If is a clear upgrade, especially um, based on, you know, things that people will talk about with like, you know, the, the focus that Olay had. He, he felt he couldn't focus on laning phase as much because he didn't feel that the laning phase was as strong and things like this. Like, I think that this team overall is certainly upgraded from Old Immortals and Old Immortals was already a very strong team. Um, and I think just even the AD carry change alone, uh, when you know put in with this, like already you have playmaking support, you have Impact who has so much experience in shot calling, you have Smithy who is, is again like someone who's a very smart jungler who is mm -hmm. going to be a guy who can you know make calls, make plays, set up early game plans, and get those lanes ahead. Like you're already set up with a very powerful team. And one of the things I also really like about Liquid is that it, although it is them trying to kind of build a super team, it feels like they do have some more role players. It's it, this is not like a a double lift and a Jensen and uh and like a whoever who is and a Huni who are all trying to get all the farm everywhere. This feels like a team that you know double lifts can it can be a protected double lift type thing. Mm -hmm. You know, impact can play. I think uh, a team with double lift Jensen and Huni would be badass. I feel like they would not have problems. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it's a bad. I'm not saying it's a bad team, but we know that super teams have kind of failed in the past. Like when you look at KT and things, yeah, for sure. um, because you do need people to take a back roll, right? Like you need mm -hmm. the guy to be like, yep, I'm gonna be down 100 CS. 
on the tank, you can have it. Like an impact can be that guy. Smithy can be that guy, depending on what the the team needs and depending on what uh you know the meta is. So I just I just think that this is a team that should work from the word go. Right. So <clears throat> I also have them at second. And uh, again, uh, remember that I'm t- keeping in mind the the timeline here. And I think this is spring. And I do think that Team Liquid this should be one of the ones with a lot of success um pretty early on to me because as you said you know they have a lot of parts that just work together Mm -hmm. uh they've either been on the same team or they're seasoned veterans like there there is not even any hint of you know recent rookie on this right Olay would be the most recent all five players and he exactly and he he is he he was one of the best players in the league he played with two of the other guys on this team for so long um you know blah 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 with all these guys like there's no hint and Doublelift even played for Liquid for a while last year and was very successful there. Thank you for supporting my uh, speech there. <laughs> Why not here? Um, but we're on the same team. We both but, like second. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm gonna have to be all negative, Nancy, about him when I have him third. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I would have to say um, my biggest question mark in because I also you know was uh, kind of heavily debating uh, the number two spot. Uh, yeah. To me, while you're looking at the ind- individual players in the bottom lane. Um, how is double? How are double lift and Olay actually going to be able to work together? Because mm-hmm. one of the big things for me, while I absolutely love double lift, and I think he is one of the all-time greatest, um, if not, you know, as far as uh, resident players for the AD carry, AD carry position here, um, he is a very strong-willed, um, you know, AD carry and bottom layer. And mm-hmm. to me, Olay, that season where he got you know voted best supported in the league was due to a very specific style that a lot of other sports right. were not necessarily um, able to pull off, you know, a lot of the hard engages and the roaming plays that he was making. And, and a lot of it was in tandem with Smithy. Actually. Yes. So if the Smithy Ole, you know, power that we're talking about that we saw a lot on immortals is going to be one of their big strengths. Um, you know, how, how is that working in with the double lift plan? One quick question for you, for you, for both of you yeah. guys <clears throat> is, do you think that really differs a lot from, you know, the rush hour bot lane at its prime? Cause I always saw Aframu, uh, at his best as very similar to Olay at his best last year as the playmaking roaming, uh, style. And we saw that double lift was, you know, already someone who, who could succeed in, in that sort of a setup. I see a little bit of a difference in those two, because I always thought double lift and Aframu was the rush hour bot lane mm-hmm. where they would get early kills and then once the lane was won, they would leave. Whereas when Ole was at his best with Cody's son, he would just leave. Like Cody's son would just be by himself at level three and Ole was going to get kills. And then he was strong and he would roam down with the jungler and then they would 3v2. Like that was kind of how they work. Um, but I do think as far as their ability to play playmaking supports, they would work. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of question marks about Team Liquid and I can see why you look at their roster and you see the five players that have been to Worlds and you see all these other things that you would rank them second. I'll let, I'll let you get in first. I just, also, I just also want, yeah, because I want to touch on the bottom lane thing yeah, before yeah. we move on first yeah. also. It's it's not as clear cut as, oh, this guy's a laner and this guy's a roamer of course for, for support That's roles. And to me, a lot of it does come in with specifically how Double likes to play his lanes. And because uh, I've already seen in some of the videos where both those guys are talking and, you know, they have a very friendly relationship and, and mm-hmm. all that. But it does seem like um, he definitely wants to play a, a specific way as far as when you, regardless of the times that you roam, when you're actually in lane and how you actually want to play that lane. Um, so so to me, it's going to be really interesting to see how they pull that off because Ole talked a lot about 
you know, being able to concentrate on game as a whole versus on the actual two versus two lighting mm-hmm. phase. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I just think that that is going to be very interesting how that does play off. And that's literally my one concern as far as not immediately hitting the ground and like winning all their games and stuff. I think that would be the, the only question mark. But I think yeah. even despite that, like um, the power out of the gate from this team should be strong. All right. Here's where I'm going to ask some questions about how highly we rate this team. So you, you see it and you kind of think super team and you hear the rumors about impact being the highest paid player in the LCS. Yeah. That to me makes him by far the most overrated player in the LCS. Like let's actually go through, go through who the best top laners in the North American LCS are like number one, probably Hooney, right. Would be the best top laner. And Man. if we, if we're talking as well, regular season top laners. So, like, last year, just last year as an example, the summer split of last year as an example, uh, Someday was number one, Hanser was number two, Flame was number three, Darshan was number four. Are you talking about actual rankings, or are you talking about... I was talking like, about the, the voting for yeah. best top laners in the league, right? Impact was five, and now you're adding Hooney into the list. Mm-hmm. Does that make Impact the sixth best top laner in the league? So, what I will say is I think that Impact uh, had a pretty... Uh, subpar regular season um but i do think yep. that he performed a lot better at at worlds and in the you know the regional tournament and, and stuff I, in general I, I totally agree with that yeah. this dude is a clutch performer he was amazing in gauntlet mm-hmm. worlds 2016 worlds gauntlet 2017. Of, of 2017 and good in worlds but in north america he's been here for like three years he's, he's He's never really had a great regular season. 2016, I think he was actually very strong. Like that was like it was the end of the regular season. Like, it was the gauntlet run yeah. because they 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 didn't perform in the regular season necessarily. They had to make they had to qualify through the gauntlet where top die became a thing and he mm-hmm. smashed. I th- I think this is a really good point to bring up um, as far as the, the million dollar rumors and all that mm-hmm. and, the, and the pay scale. Um, even if he is not the absolute number one top laner, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think it is. drops them that much if he is right. like in a similar level. Yeah, and like those six top laners yeah. are clearly in a league of their own yeah. when compared to the other guys. So yeah. like there's a world where Impact beats someday in lane, right? For sure. But like yeah. in no way is he like, oh my God, they got no. the guy in the top lane. Half the teams in the league are going to have a top laner that matches him, no problem. And and I agree with that as far as if you're talking like dollars to donuts, you know, who's the most overrated or whatever, yeah. then sure, I could agree with that. But if Team Liquid has 10 times as many dollars and can afford, <laughs> and can afford to do that, let us get a better donut. Exactly. Then it doesn't really matter, right? Like <laughs> at the end of the day, if we're not if we're not in a word where where there's a salary cap, right? Yeah. If the like, money doesn't matter in the context of this conversation. Exactly. At all. Right? Because if you can still like if getting impact for a million dollars meant that they couldn't have double lift in LA, then I'd be like, God, Liquid, what are you doing? But for they sure. still got double lift in LA. They still have they everyone still have they and Smithy, But it's right? just, I feel like when people hear that number, they just yeah. assume they got this godlike, yeah. unstoppable top yeah. laner. I'm on the not. same page. I think it is a good point. Yeah. He's, he's, I would say he's for sure not the best. Mm-hmm. I would say he is in the mix, uh, like probably between third and, and fifth or sixth, right? Like he's yeah. in that mix. Yep. And I think that at his best, he can also add a lot of intangibles. Cloud9 has been pretty vocal about the leadership and uh, the confidence that he brings to the game. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one of the main differences I heard a lot of them talking about between him and Ray. Even though Ray is an incredible mechanical player, sometimes they get in these tough situations they didn't really feel like they knew what to do when yes. Impact was not in the game. He's someone who does have the confidence, who does have the experience. He is a world champion. He can say, hey guys, this is what we do. This is how we win the game. And that also brings something. And also speaking of that, I'm trying to think about the way that the Team Liquid will function as a team mm-hmm. um 
And I do wonder whether it's like X Smithy's show or whether it's Doublelift's show. Yeah. Because Doublelift has been a shot caller in the past. He has a pace he likes to play the game at. I think his solo laners, Impact and Poe Belter, are not resource-intensive solo laners. So if there's a guy who is going to get resources poured into him in this team, it is going to be Doublelift. Yeah. And then he would kind of try and carry through the team fights. And that's when whether or not he lanes and has synergy with Ole becomes extremely important. Because Poe Belter has a large amount of value in the fact that he is a non-imported mid laner, mm -hmm. not in the fact that he smashes other mid laners. Like, again, you start ranking the mid laners in the North American LCS. There's Bjergsen, Jensen, Fabivens coming over, who he's really good. I probably put Pobelter at fifth, right? So they have two soul laners. Top 10 out of 10, baby. He's top 10. <laughs> but, like, that's two soul laners that are, that are like, fifth, right? Yeah. So your jungler, AD carry, and support better be godlike if you're going to be the best team in the league. But it's and also, I still have them... It's good, also, I would right? not say that they're clearly fifth, right? Like, so that's, I would contest you a little bit on that. Okay. Like, I think that they're in the mix. Like, they're very, like, so Paul Belter, I think, uh, when he was performing, you know, at his best on Immortals, people started talking about this guy as, as maybe the second best uh, mid laner in the league for a while. Like, he, he had, he had this streak. When uh, was he ranked better than Jensen and Bjergsen? I think, I think, uh, back when it was, it's been a while, I guess, like since maybe even just, 2016 season and stuff, people, people were talking about him as, as one of the, the best. He is definitely the like they've said top tier. I just never yeah. had him top two. No, I'm not saying you specifically. I'm yeah. just saying that I think at his best, he can perform at that level where I think he is, you know, in the discussion for, for being at least like third in the league mm -hmm. and stuff. He's certainly had times, uh, throughout his career where he has been in that position. Like, I'm not saying he's the best. I'm not saying the impact is the best. But again, I just wouldn't say that they're also like clearly fifth, clearly sixth, clearly below who he, clearly below right. Febivin, right? That's the only thing I kind of disagree with. As far as it being, you know, X person's show or whatever, uh, I do not see it that happening for any of them, right? In the right. team. This is a team where I see a lot of discussion. Like the practice, the discussion after scrims and stuff, I feel like should be very fruitful. With yeah. all we're talking about how much mm -hmm. veteran, how much veteran status you know they have on this team and how many years of play experience. And whether or not they can come to an agreement, I think is a big thing because Kane was the coach of Team Liquid last year. He is still the coach of them this year. Jarge is their head analyst. He was with them all of last year. He used to be on TSM. He's here now. Like that's the beginnings of their coaching staff and they're building out performance coaches and other things in their training facility. And like, is this actually going to be a player run team or is it going to be a hard coach run team? Because I actually think it can function as mm -hmm. mostly a player run team. Well, what I was about to say is like, how will the communication in game actually pan out? Because communication in game works with clear feeding of information from mm -hmm. people and quick decision-making. So with, with these guys all being so experienced and having, um, you know, ways that they think about the game. To me, aligning the ways that they think about the game before actually getting in there so that they could reduce the amount of, you know, decision-making or discussion that, that could possibly happen uh, mm -hmm. with all those minds, I think would be uh, very important. So I actually think that while you look at all these guys and you're like, oh, it should be so easy to coach them, I think it, it actually the biggest difficulty would be aligning them all so that they can make those decisions quickly. Cause they could probably come up with the correct, you know, quote unquote answer in a, most of the scenarios, uh, you know, but how quickly can they feed the information? How quickly yeah. can they listen to it and, and actually make that choice? And, uh, you know, at what stages of the, of the game are they either going to play for the double lift bottom lane, or are they going to play for the Smithy Ole, um, you know, yeah. roaming plays? Right? And, and, I agonized over where to put Team Liquid because yeah. I think you can make an argument for them to finish first, and I think you can make an argument that I think you can make an argument that they're not going to synergize well and drop to mm -hmm. fourth or fifth. So 
Um, I ended up putting them at three because I think they will work pretty well. But I just, I mean, the whole reason I have them higher is because I have more faith in CLG mm-hmm. than you guys do. Yeah. So and number we, three, we can go number, number three. three. I mean, that, I think we've talked about all three teams. Yeah, we have. Uh, so I have TL at number three. You guys have CLG, I assume. Yep. And to me, this is this is kind of the the clear top tier teams. Like these these are the ones that to me are in the discussion more uh, for who's going to be going to MSI, right? I would be shocked to see anyone outside of these three be the team that goes to MSI. Uh, it's not that I don't think there's any other good teams. It's just that I think that they are a clear step down. Mm. Okay. So <clears throat> the biggest thing then, I, I almost immediately jumped to fourth af- after that statement yeah, because the biggest thing to me is, um, well, first let's say who who do you have in fourth because this one was so pretty do, difficult. Do you agree, and of, first of all, I, so I actually – I think so, yeah. but I also think um, that the next two teams on my list uh, could potentially be really good, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but there's just a lower likelihood, and I'm not willing. And there's to, more question marks to predict the start of the season in, yeah. in the same way that I was predicting. The, the lower and lower we get, the more question marks there are. So yes. they all have potential. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going to be the outlier here. I have 100 Thieves at fourth. Okay. Uh, I, I think we I don't think you're that far them. off because I had them five, like right under that. And yeah. I was debating. Like, it, I, I, so who do you I have, don't think who that's do crazy. That I don't think you, guys, you guys are seeing I have that. Clutch. I, you have Clutch? Yeah. Oh, we got all three this different ones. Then. You have, you have because, Cloud9 then. Because Surely I, someone has Cloud9. I, I did end up putting Cloud9. Okay. Um, But to me, it was a big... Struggle. I guess I'll just start. Yeah, with this one start. I guess I'll just start with Cloud Nine because that's the, probably the biggest name that people mm-hmm. would assume would show up very early in our ranking. Man, I'm excited. Right, this, this finally yeah, took have... a turn that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> <laughs> um, to me, my biggest uh, point of debate was obviously Licorice. Right, yeah. everybody in the top lane that is you know a clear downgrade, pure maybe even there for for Azale for from Crystal Impact. clear, pure clear <laughs> downgrade from Impact. <laughs> But obviously, we don't have to go into the reasons behind it and the money and uh, blah, blah, blah. But um, Licorice, you know, I I do, you know, like that there's a lot of hype about him, you know, mm-hmm. in the Challenger scene and all that. Um, and I've actually saw him on Beyond the Rift and a couple of his interviews that he did. And he seems like he's a really good head on his shoulders. Yep. That being said, he himself is like, I'm probably going to start out, you know, middle of the pack. I'm thinking kind of slow and hopefully ramp up. To being a top three top laner. Right. Um, and as we just discussed, the exactly. top six are, are insane. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So if you're middle of the pack, you're already middle of the seventh well. to tenth pack. So, yeah. Like that's right? basically where you're fighting. So, yeah. So I think that, um, that like that, in addition to, uh, you know, coming from Challenger Scene and, you know, not having mm-hmm. LCS and all that stuff, um, that coming together, if you're looking at Cloud9's offseason, because we were, we were talking about last time we saw them versus the offseason moves that they changed, um, I think it, it does drop them, right? Um, from before. Yeah. However, um, I just kept I kept comparing them, right, to the other uh, the other two that were pretty close for me, which were Hundred Thieves and Clutch Gaming, which are your guys' choices, um, and trying to move them up. And uh, it just again looking at the rosters and going through it, it just made me again realize how much I valued Smoothie, Sneaky, and Jensen. Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. the three that they did keep, uh, to me are just have so much value there. And I do think that people are, a lot of people love to shit on Svenskaren, and I think that people are underrating him. But even yeah. if you're not even taking that into account, um, the Jensen, Sneaky, and Smoothie, to me, are so incredibly solid mm-hmm. and play together so well 
that if we're getting looking at the timeline, like spring, I yeah. expect them to you know be strong carries for this team. So th- this was really hard for me. The next three positions were all really hard for me. I mm-hmm. think that there's strong arguments for really any three of the teams. What I will say made me move Cloud9 down mm. uh, was... So I thought about Worlds. Everyone's immediately going to think about Worlds. That's the most recent thing. They did well at Worlds. They were the best performing North American team. They almost made semifinals, right? Very impressive uh, performance overall from them, especially when you consider that they came in through the gauntlet. But then you have to remember, why were they in the gauntlet, right? Mm-hmm. They were fourth place in the regular season. They then lost to Dignitas 3-1, to one, got 5-6 in the NALCS playoffs, right? That's with the team that you're saying this is a clear downgrade from, right? They were fourth. This is, you know, last, uh, last oh, yeah, split, yeah, yeah. you know? So it's right now you're you're taking this team that I, I don't think Sven Skarin is bad by any means. Mm-hmm. I think Sven Skarin will probably have a great year. I actually have yep. uh, quite a bit of confidence that that's going to happen. But I have to think, does a great year for him look way better than Contracts last year? And to me, I actually thought Contracts was the second best performing jungler it's in North like- America last year. So... If, if Sunscarin is the second-best jungler in North America this year, he had a damn good year, yeah. right? And then I'm looking at, all right, you have a team that was, like, around fourth that struggled to even, you know, doing playoffs and then they had to go run the gauntlet, and now you lost impact. This this person who they have credited so much as being a rock in the top lane, telling them what to do, knowing what to do in these tough situations, and you're bringing in a rookie. And, and I think if Licorice can immediately perform, then I totally buy them jumping up to third, mm-hmm. fourth, around there, uh, and being really good. But he's been around in the challenger scene for a while. Um, you know, he he wasn't really able to perform in challenger finals and he stuff. Did well. He did very well yeah. in the, especially in the regular season throughout. But he's playing such a crazy level of top laner. Yeah. Um, and to be a rookie coming in, and it's like, okay, here's your schedule: someday, Hooney, Flame, Impact, <laughs> uh, Hauntzer. Your the team that you chose, Clutch Gaming, has Solo. Do you think that's a different scenario? No, I don't. But I but I think <laughs> but I think that the the rest of the team to me like has has proven like so if we want to if we want to transition to Clutch at all like the way well, that I look at Clutch is is again. Uh, I haven't talked about Cloud9 yet. Okay, well, yeah, let, we'll, we'll let <laughs> anyway, Jack. We'll, we'll get we have a later. we have a lot of discussion. We'll get, we'll get to we, it later. Yeah, yeah, I actually had two points I want to interject, but we'll let Jack go on Cloud9 okay. first. Yeah, like that. uh, basically that's my reasoning. Is it's just yeah. I, I think that it's a worse team than last year, as you yourself said, and they struggled last year in the summer split, and and I don't think that we can just completely overlook that because of how they did at Worlds. And this is going to sound like a silly statement, but I agree with a lot of what both of you said, even though you have them ranked differently. Uh, and I think one telling thing about C9 was in the scouting grounds draft, they traded up for the number one pick. Uh, in the first draft, they picked a top laner with their first pick. And then when the actual draft came up, they picked League with their first pick. Mm-hmm. And if they were super confident in Licorice's ability, I don't think they would have done that. Yeah. So they're, they're still... I mean, it's good long-term planning that they're trying to get double top laners from their academy team as well as their LCS mm-hmm. team to be good. But it's going to be a learning process. And I think there is a potential that Sven Skarin is godlike for this team. Yeah. And they actually just do amazingly well uh, if Licorice can just neutralize the other top laners just because of how well Jensen and Sven Skarin could work together and how good Sneaky and Smoothie were at Worlds. Like, that's always a potential. Mm-hmm. But when I strictly look at the regular season performance— and how much they struggled when their top laner wasn't super good, when Impact was slumping, they were, like, struggling to be in the top half of the league. Yeah, they and were. And that's essentially where they're coming at this year, so that's why I don't have them fourth. All right, it turned into three things. Because yeah. first of all, I said that Licorice Impact was the was the downgrade. I didn't say the overall team. Um, so what do you think? Do you think it was but I, but I do. But I do think that uh, it, it is—I do think that it is— 
Um, yeah, I do think that it is actually slightly, slightly weaker. Of course, the team is weaker than last year. But uh, so you agree? Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Unless you One think point. the Sven Scaren over contracts is greater than impact. Um, over I, I that's actually, why it's hard to me because I think Sven will be good. Yeah, but I don't exactly. But, but him being good is not. Whoa, you're way better than the second best jungle out yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I already thought contracts was really good. Yeah, that that was what I was stumbling on. But um, the two questions I wanted to pose to you for the clutch gaming thing, um, because okay, so we, we're done with C9. We're well, no, no, one of them okay. has to do with C9 okay. because. Okay. Two, the two points of the discussion that haven't really come up here, um, the coaching staff to me is actually a really yeah. big deal. So first of all, um, with Cloud9, in addition to Reaper and Robin, which to me is one of the best um, you know, pairings as far as coaching staff that, that the teams have, um, which actually they don't even have uh, I don't, uh, Korean speakers anymore now that they've uh, right, but they still have Reaper. Yeah, I know, but um, as far as Th the players, no one he needs they, to yeah, Robin, Robin yeah. will just be translating for Reaper. I'm assuming. Um, in addition to that, they also have West Rice as far as top lane focus that you're talking about. So they have League as their sub, um, you know, substitute or academy mm -hmm. top laner as well. Um, West Rice, who worked with both Impact and uh, Ray during last year as well. Um, will, you know, obviously be like a position coach as well for them. Um, and if you're comparing it to Clutch Gaming, um, who did they have for their coach? David, David, David Lim. Lim. Yeah. Right. And he... Uh, he was with Liquid. Yeah, he was with Liquid. And, you know, we obviously don't know much about yep. any specifics for coaching. But he himself said, he was like, this year I feel like I have a lot to prove to people mm -hmm. because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, question marks circulating. They didn't have, have the greatest success. So... Uh, so my response if you're comparing to that, coaching staff, I, I feel my, like that's a big... So, he, so here's here's what I would say to that. So I, I think Cloud9 has a better coaching staff. Mm. So um, this period... Let's, I, just, I just, let's just organize a little bit so we, yeah. we, we stay on topic. So like <laughs> we've done Cloud9. Let's just reveal like 4, 5, 6. Right? Okay. I had 100 Thieves 4th, Cloud9 5th. <laughs> I guess we have to do, go farther. I had Echo Fox 6th. Oh, wow. And I had Clutch Gaming 7th. Okay. But So so for me, I have, I have Clutch at 4th, C9 5th. Uh, 100 Thieves 6th, and then I have Echo Fox at 7th. But um, I like to, to respond to Kobe's question about the actual uh, coaching staff comparison, one of the things I like I did take into consideration coaching staff, and I do think that Cloud9's is better. What I also did was compare the, the coaching staff that Clutch had to what Envy had before, which was essentially who they were. Mm. And they didn't have a coaching yes, zero. staff. Okay, yeah. So they had, they had Violet. They had Coach Lyra, too. They had a Violet as a life coach, uh, right? And and that is not a shot at Violet. He was never intended to be the, the league head coach. He's a StarCraft pro. He came in, he fulfilled his role. I'm sure he did great. But they never had a true coaching staff. This team at least has a coaching staff now. And they have mm -hmm. even talked about how they felt that hurt them quite a bit because they didn't even, you know, know necessarily what to change because you have Coach Lear, as you said, kind of jokingly, but he was a lot of what their decision-making and their, their improvements and stuff came from. But it's very hard to, to take a, a step back and see what's going on when you're also in the game. So having a coaching staff, I think, is a clear upgrade of what they had before. And when I'm looking at Clutch as a whole, you know, this is essentially the three-fifths of Envy that I thought were strongest uh, mm -hmm. from last year. And I think that, you know, while Solo is is you know, in the same boat as Licorice, where he may struggle against all these really good players, uh, I, I don't think that Envy was in a better spot with Seraph. And I think that Niski uh, was certainly worse than Febovin is. Like, I think those are, this is just a team, this is basically Envy, who, you know, last year uh -huh. uh, was was doing 
pretty similarly to how uh, like some of these other teams were in the regular season. They were so they were sixth in regular season, fifth, sixth, uh, right. same spot that Cloud Nine finished in overall, mm-hmm. and. Now I just think their team is straight up better. They have better infrastructure. They have better coaching staff. Well, they have a coaching staff. Yeah. And, and I think they clearly upgraded the mid lane. And then top lane is, well, who knows? Yeah, and I probably have Clutch the lowest as a seventh. Because, Kobe, you probably have them. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't get yours. Sixth, maybe? I, actually, I think I have... Seventh? Six. Six. Okay. A- anyway, um, the I, I agree with you in, in the sense that a lot of this could work. But I also think that Envy was worse than their record showed uh, in the summer split. In the spring split with Apollo, Hakuho, and Lira, they were 10th. Uh, and then in the summer split, they were in that bottom pack for most of the year until they like surged at the end and pulled into the playoffs because everyone else, in my opinion, was just like falling apart uh, at the bottom of the league. So uh, Apollo and Hakuho, while they have one lane, like Apollo has never to me been that guy that actually carries a late game team fight. And what I will give you is that Fabibin is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the first team EU mid laner in the summer split of Europe last year. So there's a chance that that pulls it together. But Sol in the top lane and a coaching staff. And Lear, that, Lear has been really Oh, they also good. have Shikares, if you know him. Okay, he's, as he's, a, as he's like been a really good content creator. I want to see how good he is coaching this team. So like I'm sure they have other analysts. Yeah. yeah. And and I know that the Houston Rockets are like super invested in this and I do think they'll grow into a very powerful organization one mm-hmm. year, but uh I think it, it's there there is a lot of really good teams in the LCS this year, which is why I kind of put them 7th and Lyra, Apollo and Hakuho, while that is like a cool core to keep from Envy, they're keeping the core of what was essentially a relegation zone team last year. Oh, so, it's not fair to say. It's not fair to say. Sixth. That, okay, that's so, average as yeah, but, but we were looking at they, summer they took split out the worms, where they though. changed where they changed <laughs> roster in summer split. They right? kept like, the core. Yeah, they kept the core, but they changed other players. This is like if if I and you swap into TSM, is that does that matter? Like, can you not compare that? That's right? not like, a core. No, that's but I'm saying people. you if you keep if you keep Hanser and Bjergsen and you keep like Biofrost or whatever, and you swap in two random players, it's it's not necessarily the same thing. It's it's forty percent of the overall team, and it's bigger than that because it's about how the players interact. Mm-hmm. It's also it's also changing both of your solo laners, who were two of the worst performing solo laners consistently in the whole league. Niski so, was like, pretty good at the end of the year. Nissi, yeah, and that is but why Nissi, the Niski wasn't even there in in spring exactly when they were mm-hmm. tenth. So when they were they were fifth, sixth. They went. 3-2 against CLG. Otherwise, they would have been finishing in the top four, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, So to to take a step from that to then call them a relegation zone team, to me, is just disingenuous. Like, this is this is a team that is, I think, big upgrades uh, as far as overall for Soul Lane, because I think Febben is a big upgrade. And I think that Seraph has performed so poorly for a long time in the NLCS that I think Solo should be around that level with mm-hmm. a bigger upside, you mm-hmm. know, with the potential to improve. And you've now massively improved the infrastructure you've improved like given them a coaching staff you've given them some of the support that you know it seemed like envy did not have i just can't see you know really comparing what this is now to a team that could be relegated you know it's just it's day and night to me okay i understand that but like a 10th place team with the three players is still the same players right and yeah. the only player on this team that has found success has been forbidden and that was like years ago, and 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 when they were tenth, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that the the split where Lyra was was considered the best jungler in the whole league? He did right? win and LCS jungler. No, yeah. I agree with you that they have like good and he was players dragging them across the finish line with some of these soul <laughs> yeah. who are inting every game. So like, yeah. I, I think it's a strong core. Lyra still performed in the summer split. Like, I just can't see this as a team that is you know 
uh, comparable with with the the 10th place kind of thing of the past. Well, let's compare them to the team that you had in 4th place. 100 Thieves. 100 Thieves. All right. Because I also had the I had them in 5th place. I had them closer. So all right. we we all are off by one with our three these yeah, three Yeah, except rankings. for him Echo Fox Yeah, I, he is another one. I, I'm okay. betting on I'm I'm betting on Dardock. Uh we'll see about Oof. that. Um and Hooney. But to go to 100 Thieves. When I when I first heard about 100 Thieves and mm, take me back to Yeah, that. take me, a- take me back to the origins of franchising and I was like they were one of the last teams that I remember was like leaked from Jacob Wolf. They're like, we're bringing in Nate Shot. He's going to run the whole thing. I was like, Psh, he's got a last place. Like they were my front runner for last place. Just with Nate Shot as the I owner, you're, yeah. you're immediately. Well, literally, <laughs> everyone else was like, we're partnering with people who know League of Legends, right? Like they're they're either uh, like a super big basketball organization who who knows sports, or they're going to be someone who's really familiar with League. And Nate Shot was, as far as I knew, like I I didn't follow Call of Duty, mm-hmm. but I was like, he's like a famous Call of Duty YouTuber. Like that's how I saw him. Um, but I really like what he's done, and I really like the content they've been making, and it's actually starting to sell me on the team as <laughs> well as seeing the roster. So. Uh, First episode of the show was really good. That was badass. It was actually really. You should good. actually watch it. I, I watched it last night. It it's yeah, good. Yeah, it's yeah. a good it's called doc, the heist. doc series. Check it out. Yeah. Um, he's a good YouTuber. Sellouts. Whoa. Yeah. He's a good YouTuber. It was actually really good. But on top of that, uh, I like Prolly. Yeah. He brought him in really early, and so that that tells me that this is Prolly as well as then leveraging like esports experience from Nate Shot. But I don't think he's trying to be too hands on about like. Yeah, I know who a good top laner and jungler is. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's putting a lot of trust in Prolly, who's good. Um, on top of that, someday is super good. Aframu has a lot to prove now that he's no longer on COG. Went for the what we assume to be a big contract, joining a new team. It's literally just a mash of five players who haven't really played together before, except for Medios and Ryu on Phoenix One, who were actually a uh, fourth place team when those guys were mainly on that team in the spring split. Mio specifically said that he joined this team because they had Ryu. Also. And he really liked So there you Ryu. go. There's your synergy, Jack. Yeah. Anyway, so like it is obviously a bet on this team, but from what I've seen, they're starting to institute a good good culture. I feel like it's a strongly backed team financially with how strong their gaming house facilities look like and also the roster they were able to attract. Like they lured some big names to that team in Someday and Aframu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all those things together, like actually makes me really confident in this team that they're going to finish fourth or higher. I-, I find it really surprising, you know, it's kind of like pick at it a little bit that you have, you know, more faith in like the Medios, Ryu, Cody Sun type mm-hmm. core than you do in, in some of these other teams. Because Medios, uh, while you know he did have some some good games certainly on on Phoenix One, he was pretty vocal about not really being super motivated, not really yep. trying that hard. Maybe he will be really reinvigorated, yep. but it's been a couple of years since he's yep. been truly like a top NA jungler. Um, and Ryu, to me, has been very up and down. Yep. Uh, he's also been someone who has kind of lacked motivation. Uh, oftentimes, it, it seems like you know. Uh, I believe uh, it was at the end of last year. He took a break. Uh, you know, during it was at he, the end of he, last like split. he wanted to quit, okay. but then he like played Decided the promotion to... tournament with them and just yeah. like was to me totally checked out. Yeah, he he seemed pretty like burned out. Yeah. Um. Someday, fully on board. Someday was one mm-hmm. of, if not the best top laner in North America last year. I think he will continue to perform at that level. Uh, then you have Cody Sun, who you know 
I think Cody Sun was a solid middle of the pack AD carry. Um, you know, we've added some some like you know some really strong ones with Zven, uh, but he was also paired with who I believe to be the, the like the clear best support in North America last year. And Aframu uh, did not perform nearly as well. I think Aframu is a great shot caller. I think that you know Aframu is practicing really hard and playing a ton of games, and and maybe he will have an incredible season. But like, I just see. I mean, someday is the only one on this team where I'm like, yep, he's for sure going to be really mm-hmm. good. And then everyone else is kind of a question mark. And the mm-hmm. fact that the only two people who have played together is Medios and Ryu makes it really hard for for me to put them as as high as like, you know, uh, like fourth above like a cloud nine, above uh, a clutch in my opinion, just because there's so many intangibles and it's not like this is a team where it's just like, holy crap, look at all this raw talent. They're just going to slam lanes. It yeah. doesn't feel like that. It feels like a team that has to synergize super well uh, to really pick up wins. I think um, probably having previously coached Ryu mm-hmm. eased, eased a lot of my concerns. Like, you're, you're bringing up very valid points. Yep. Um, but a lot of what he also talked about in, I forget what interview it was, though. Um, you know, these guys that have worked together, like Medios and Ryu, um, and probably previously having coaching him. Um, I, I'm feeling, part of my placement was feeling like um, probably is going to have, like, a pretty big impact early on him working with Aframu gives me you know that classic oh super good preparation outside because probably has been he was one of the best coaches he was he was voted best coach in Europe like multiple times I think actually yeah and the big knock about him is that his teams haven't necessarily performed in playoffs and worlds yeah but in the regular season he's been stellar yeah exactly and so then they have him plus Aframu who is whatever you want to say, maybe, you know, his solo queue isn't as high as rated as you want, or, you know, he he has mechanical mistakes sometimes. Like, he is an extremely good in-game leader and can keep a team focused. So what you're saying, really what you're saying, yeah. So what you're saying you want to see from this team of, like, they have to synergize super well in-game or whatever, and they have to be, like, really focused, I feel like they have the parts to make that happen mm-hmm. is why I kind of put gave them a bump and up And they there are as well. incredibly experienced. Prawley was a pro player in 2013, has mm-hmm. been coaching for three years. Aframu's been around since 2013. Medios was the first person to win an MVP. We didn't have one in spring of 2013. Like, they're they're old school. These guys yeah. have all, you know, Ryu is famous for dying. Oh. <laughs> but, like, he's been around for With so long. <laughs> And Cody Sun, I think, to to his credit, has improved a lot, right? Like, and and that's why I definitely think this is going to be, you know, a playoff team because I do think that a lot of these things can come together. But I think that you know this kind of pack of teams is so competitive. Yeah, it's really hard for me to like edge them out above some of these others. But I think, and we're arguing over the smallest of things. Exactly. Totally. It would have been so much easier for us to just be like. A tier, B tier, these pack of four but teams. that's no fun. That's no fun. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, next team after 100 Thieves, we've done C9, we've done 100 Thieves, we've kind of done Clutch. Yeah, I mean, if you guys have more to say about those teams, we certainly can. Um, I think it's time to go to I Echo. think we got them. I think it's time to go to Echo, Echo Fox. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Echo Fox, and you baby, have, you roll have them dice. Playoffs, right? uh, I have them in playoffs. So we'll let you start. sixth. Where do you guys have them? I have, I have them seventh. seventh. So we're, we're all we're close. We're all very close. Yeah. And, and I think... I, it's Nobody weird. really wants to take the gamble because I yeah if I, I really wanted to take the gamble I'd put them higher. I honestly almost had them fourth. Like I was like because uh-huh. uh, I was thinking about oh do I want to is this where I want to th- roll my dice right <laughs> is this where I want to roll the dice the crypto and then I was like the LCS you can win a lot of money <laughs> or you can lose all that money really fast. <laughs> I was like wait a second do you invest in Bitcoin Kobe. <laughs> No, I did not. They're cryptocurrency the LCS. Because you could get rich or they could get relegated. This this I have Ethereum and even though it's down, I I still have anyways, (laughs) let me get back to Echo Fox here. Um 
I was literally, I had them on the spreadsheet here yeah. in fourth place. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to shake this up. I'm rolling them dice, baby. Punch and the then numbers, I was like, wait a four. second. I remember back to last year when we started the dive. And um, at the very beginning, he had just joined CLG. Right. And I was like, oh, you know what? They have the great coaching staff. You know, CLG, the culture and the infrastructure is really built Team friendship to like make this Work happen. And I was like, all right, it's probably going to happen, you know? Uh, but if it doesn't happen here, then, you know, I just don't see it happen anywhere, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it obviously did not. Kobe, who is the only mid laner Dardock has ever really succeeded with? Uh, who? Phoenix. Oh, Guess yeah. who he's playing with? Um, Phoenix. Not frogging. Roll them dice, Jet. Put them up there, dude. Because like, yeah. if you look at it individual player by player, you're like, Hooney, I love this guy. He's insane. Uh, Dardock, like he he can't pop <laughs> off, right? So so let me just stop you after the first one. Then I was like, I'm uh. done. You're like, you're gonna lay my lane. Hooney, I love this guy. And then there's four others too. <laughs> and they they can win some games. So okay. Um. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, let me jump from top, top lane down to bottom lane then. Okay. okay, okay. Remember Team Daniel Toss. Skip over the two in the middle. You know, you're at top lane. We're back in the bottom lane. All right, go. Come on, we're trying to keep this one organized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're already organized scat- Echo Fox. It's already organized. a scattered, we're organized. scattered episode. The bottom lane. Yeah. Let's talk about Dignitas, Ad- Altec, and Adrian coming in hot. As soon as he joins the team, mm. smack, 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 smack. They're just Playoffs. clapping everybody, right? Yep. Um, Dignitas, that's got to be another had, strong point. Team- yeah, take it there. Baton has been passed. Boom. Someday was a top laner. Who needs a top laner? They're both you great. Sent by way, right? Agree. <laughs> you, you talk about. You talk about Just reminding you, we have the same rank. You team right, Dignitas you right. had Keen and Shrimp. Yeah. Dardock and Phoenix totally could be just as good. Wow. And then you have the bottom lane, but <laughs> so really, none of us. If you look at Huni, he was on SKT. Phoenix. Also Korean, Faker. Korean, you know. <laughs> None of us actually <laughs> bought this cryptocurrency yeah. is, I yeah. think, where we're actually yeah. settling because otherwise we'd put them at fourth. And yeah. I have some, like, overwhelmingly negative feelings about this organization, actually. Really? Um, yeah, so Echo Fox is... My boy Rick Fox! Ago, two years ago, <laughs> he made Echo Fox, and mm-hmm. he is super personable, amazingly charming, great pep talks. But they had a message two years ago about being this, like, we're building for the long term. We are a team that invests in player development. And Froggen is our Michael Jordan. We're all in on this guy. They still haven't said why Froggen's not on the team. He's not even on their academy team. They had a 10-man roster last year. They're returning DeMonte, one player. Mm -hmm. They switched out nine. So, like, this is where I'm torn. Because either they don't know what they're doing or they're actually just, like, we, we want to stick with our, our messaging. We just invested in the wrong players and yeah. we don't want to kick them on the way out, which is what I really hope it is because otherwise they're a mess, which is why it's like, I, I have to just kind of hedge in, but, in my but bets. Is Dardock the guy that long-term I, you're building around? Maybe, right? Maybe, he's yeah. still really young. He's, and right? he's really good. And maybe but... eventually he will mature to a point where he exists in a five-man team. I think this is an interesting thing you bring up about the negative feelings about the organization overall. Um, cause then I try, I'll always try and put myself in their position and, and go through the theoretical. So if there was a big dumpster fire that happened that, mm-hmm. that we don't know about internally Echo Fox, like everybody hated each other. They're mm-hmm. always, yeah. something happened. They haven't said a negative word about the players that are no longer on their team. Exactly. Which like you can actually credit, like that is a professional way to get rid of players. If you feel like you need to. 
So the fact that we don't have information is super frustrating to us. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's hard to it's hard for me to take that as a definite negative or a definite positive. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, it just but, means there's a lot of uncertainty. W- exactly. When every literally everybody's reaction to seeing this roster is whoa, like that has potential, but like <laughs> yeah. this when uh, that word is used a lot. But mm-hmm. this roster has is one of the biggest dice moves because of the personalities that are on it. And it's not just Darduck. Everybody loves to jump on that train. Phoenix and um, Adrian as but, well. Uh, yeah. All, honestly, yeah. All, all these guys have had moments where they're like, this guy's uncoachable. This guy is pissing off his teammates. That guy yeah. is, you know. Why did Adrian leave another team yeah. after making playoffs? Adrian has swapped so many teams. So has Dardock. Uh, You know, both have performed very well at times and been, you know, getting you a, so a, has? No, no, no. Oh, so has. So has Adrian. So has. All right. Um, both, both of them have performed very well at times and, and gotten a lot of praise for their individual performances at times. Um, but they keep hopping teams, which generally points to, you know, issues working with others, issues uh, working within the system, problems with teammates, these sorts of things. Uh, Phoenix, you know, you obviously saw Breaking Point. Uh, Phoenix and Dardock had a lot of issues there. Um you know, do, do, does this team have the infrastructure? Does this team have the, the coaching staff to really kind of, like, pull it together? It's hard to know. I think regardless of what happens, Hooney will win some games for this team. I think Hooney is going to be the best top laner in NA, whether this team mm-hmm. is is 10th or, or 2nd or whatever. I believe that going into the season, he's the best top laner. Um, and I think that there's such a clear win condition for Dardock that it's hard to see them not winning some games, right? It's like, hey, you have a, a talented uh, mechanical jungler and you have this guy who's going to be a monster on carries in the top lane. Go there all the time. That's basically what Immortals did in the past when it was Huni and Rainover, right? That's such a clear win condition. You get Huni ahead. Even at the, the top world level, he can carry you some games. So I think that they certainly will win games. Whether they are that dumpster fire or whether they are a team that really skyrockets to the top is going to depend, I think, largely on personalities, how well they work together, and also how are Alltech and Adrian going to perform? How is you know Phoenix going to perform individually? Um, because uh, there's some certainly some big in- inconsistencies. Because while Phoenix has at times been like, wow, he is performing incredibly well, uh, he has gotten criticism sometimes for narrow champion pool, he has certainly gotten criticism for consistency issues. Uh, he's had a lot of ups and downs. I uh, definitely agree. Uh, right there with you, number seven. We're Boom. Both have Let's there. move on next. We haven't talked about FlyQuest. Okay. Are we running out of time? Let's go. Yeah, well, it's been a long episode. I feel like we've done a good job. We're going to close it out strong. We still have three teams we haven't talked about. FlyQuest. So I made a last-minute tweak. They're your seventh or? So we're actually on eighth now because we've talked about seven teams. Um, Our aggregate ranking so far is TSM1, Team Liquid, and CLG are tied for second because I put CLG first. Um, C9 is fourth. They're one point higher than 100 Thieves. Mm -hmm. Then Clutch Gaming, Echo Fox, and now we're, we're at eighth. Um, so our last three, uh, let's just list them off and see if we do have more okay. differences. My order last time. is Golden Guardians, FlyQuest, Optic. We have differences. I have, uh, <laughs> FlyQuest, Golden Guardians, and Optic. I have FlyQuest, Optic, then Golden Guardians. So, okay, so we have another full three spread oh, here. Oh, man. And, and this is, to me, as you're entering probably another tier, right? This is probably like, you know, another kind of grouping of teams that I think are, these are the teams that would be much more surprised if they made playoffs, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and if they were to, it's like you're barely squeaking kind of thing. Mm. Um, but this is like what I was talking about at the top of the episode is I found it very hard uh, to look at any of these three teams and be like, this is the worst team in the league. It felt it felt kind of weird when I'm looking at individual players in the roster to be like, 
oh yeah of course arrows in last place oh yeah of course you know like uh it kind of felt weird to say that and, and think about that um but I just think that the the competition across the league has really gone up. Like, there's been so many good imports coming in. There's so many um, strong rosters overall that you need such a damn good team to actually mm-hmm. be near the top side of the league anymore. Like, when I look at FlyQuest, I actually felt like they have uh, a pretty big upside. You know, there's a lot of young players. Flame, I actually yeah. thought, was the best-performing top laner in Summer Split. I thought he was incredible individually. You have Onda, who there's quite a bit of hype about. Yep. Unproven. Stunt, who... Um, you know, performed very well when he was in the league. And then Fly, you know, there's some more question marks. He was in Challenger and then Wild Turtle, right? Like, this is a team where I was looking at them originally, and I'm like, this could be actually a pretty damn good team. But then you start looking at some of the other rosters, it starts getting harder to move them any Mm -hmm. further up the ranks. And uh, for me, I just felt like uh, the FlyQuest team is a team with that has has a lot of upside, basically. Like, I do have some faith in their bot lane. I have a lot of faith in their top lane. And then I'm less sure about the jungle in the mid and and that's kind of why i have them in eighth place yeah and there was so much competition i feel like when this started and i feel like a few teams ended up scrambling a little bit and had rosters that don't necessarily make as much sense yeah and FlyQuest did resign wild turtle flipped out everyone else which makes sense because they weren't actually a very good team at the very end of the summer split so they would want to rebuild and they are taking some bets on those guys which could work, but because of the inexperience and because Stunt bounced around those teams, I don't put them higher, and we've discussed ad nauseum a lot of these other teams uh, super high up. Um, Kobe, do you have anything else to add about FlyQuest? Because you had them eighth above Golden uh, Guardians and Optic. Yeah, actually, I did. Yeah, I I was looking at that again, and I was like, ah. <laughs> You're changing. Well, it's just because uh, I also remember saying, like, I'm not accepting Scrim Result uh, or Scrim God status or whatever Who is anymore. Scrim God status? They have uh, Anda? Anda as well as Stunt, who a lot of the hype for these guys and a lot of good feelings are because everyone's like, oh, yeah, they get Challenger top, uh, you know, in Korea. Stunt, Stunt was you. great in LCS. And, and mm-hmm. Stunt, Stunt was good in the LCS. Um, but, like, well, I, I, I actually am more hyped for the Immortal subs than I am for Fly Fly. Um, mm. I, yeah, I, I was not impressed recently with, um, you know, Fly Fly's play. So, like, looking back at it again, I, I guess I am hanging more hopes on Flame and the other yeah. two Immortal subs. Um, and, of course, Wild Turtle, um, who is a strong kid. All right, yeah, I'm, all right, all right. I feel pretty good. Right. I'm, I'm you feel pretty there. good. Um, but again, if you did really buy into it, you would rank them higher, right? Like if they yeah. were scrim gods, you would have ranked them higher. Yeah. So you're you're not buying in. It's just the, the rest of the teams don't necessarily have that big of a plan, and that's where I can try and justify my Golden Guardians at eighth because I think when you look at their roster on paper mm. and just the objective strength of a lot of the players, um, no offense to those players, like there's really strong players and they haven't necessarily found the success lately. Yeah, other rosters look better as as a core five, um, but I think there's going to be so much disorganization. And I think there's a chance that contracts, high, all those guys work together really well. Mm. And they're all going to have a chip on their shoulder because of people like us saying they have the weakest roster on paper, and which could really they're all them. They're all Americans. They all, like, mm-hmm. English primary language communication should not be an issue. So that I definitely think is the big upside for Golden Guardians. And I actually yeah. see Golden Guardians much more similar to what FlyQuest was last year. Yeah. Where they could come out of the gate hot. And because, win a bunch of games. You know, and win a bunch of games at the start. Do I think that would keep up? No, I do not. Mm-hmm. But that's still 
uh, can give you enough of a head start that you, you're not going to be finishing lower in the standings. I just think that every year the competition is getting harder and harder in the LCS. More and more amazing players are coming in, and, and it gets very, very tough unless you just have incredibly individually talented players to yeah. really get to the top. But it, it does feel weird to, like, looking at any of these three teams to say contract is going to be on the last place team feels weird. Say Arrow, who was uh, you know MVP mm-hmm. in spring split, is going to be on the last place team feels weird. And... And also to say Flame should be on the last place team feels weird. Like those are yeah. those are three players that were all at or near the so top. So you're of feeling the weird. I am. Yeah. Well, and it just shows how good the competition is. Really quickly, like I know there's going to be those critics that are like, you guys hype it every year and say everyone is always getting stronger. Uh, because in a way that is still true. Like the the sport is really young. No one's retiring anymore. Yeah. Right. So the players that are getting pushed out are getting pushed out by players that are just better than them. And the best players that have been around for years, like Aframu and Doublelift and those guys that were here in season three, are staying. People are coming back. Meteos is coming back, finding a starting role. So there are fewer slots for players to play, which is why you have people like Arrow, who was an MVP a year ago, Mm -hmm. who I'm putting on a 10th place team somehow. Yeah. And I mean, part of it also to me is not necessarily like I'm that I'm trying to say, oh, hey, like NA is now better than this other X other region. It's more about the parity within the region right. and it's more about the overall strength. Like, I think that when you compare uh, the difference between 10th and 5th, you know, 10th and 1st mm-hmm. and things like this, it is much smaller than I think yeah. a lot of other regions. That is really one of the strengths uh, of, of the regions that there's a lot of players that want to come to North America. There is obviously, you know, with franchising coming in, there's a lot of money being injected in the scene, which attracts even more good players and it makes it very mm-hmm competitive but you know FlyQuest is uh, a team that I'm actually pretty excited to watch um, because I do think that the upside is very high while, while I'm not expecting them to finish super high like if Onda and Fly can can really perform well like if Onda can have a breakout season we have actually had a lot of good NA junglers coming out and having good starts you know when you look at Mike Young when you look at Dardock when you look at contracts uh, when you look at a lot of these guys they do have you know hot starts and, and if Onda mm-hmm. could achieve that this is a team that could get a lot higher in the standings I think um, because you're looking at you know a solid bot lane and you're looking at a really strong top laner and then there is some possibility there um, but it's it's definitely tough uh, to really see a lot of these teams kind of yeah. eclipsing teams that are in the playoffs. Right. Kobe, anything to add? Uh, well, let's let's be specific with uh, the teams. So we can talk about optics. Let's move. Then. Yeah, let's, 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 do, let's, optic. let's they, do optic. Then. So based on, I just want to make sure we have all of the rankings right so that we can actually lock in our dive top 10. Kobe, you had FlyQuest 8th, Optic 9th, Golden Guardians 10th. Mm-hmm. And Azale, you had FlyQuest 8th, Golden Guardians 9th, Optic 10th. Yep. So that means our total power rankings are TSM, TLCOD tied for second, C9 fourth, Hunter Thieves fifth, Clutch Gaming sixth, Echo Fox seventh, FlyQuest eighth, Golden Guardians ninth, Optic tenth. Official power Official rankings. Official power rankings. Let's go over uh, Optic then, as we were just about to, uh, because to me, actually, one of the biggest worries, you keep bringing up Arrow. Uh, Arrow in lane phase actually started really to weak. cause a lot of worries for me. And Lemonation also in lane phase specifically, like this is a very specific time of game and a very specific area like for, for these to, to focus in on. But that to me um, seems like a, a very scary weakness to have mm-hmm. on, on part of the map considering how, how much you know, you can really blow open the game with something like that. I was talking to a lot of the people, you know, from scrims and stuff. They're like, yeah, hyper carries are very big right now. It's, so yeah. um, it, j- even though it's a small area of the game and they do have, you know, power of evil is a big name and brought over from Europe. 
Um, and you know, Zig and Acadian both um, had had like have shown decent, promise. Yeah, decent yeah. decent splits. Like even at the beginning when Acadian first came in, they're like it was super insane. Um, and you know, and there there is talent. There is some good talent on this team. Um, that specific question mark of bottom foot lane. Uh, bottom lane lane phase. Didn't you play against Acadian yesterday, Kobe? I did. I'm not going to bring that up. You, I you know sure? what you want me to say, and I'm not going to say Go it. Go op.gg, right, Kobe. <laughs> That's it. I, I did win I'm because you're you. making it super mysterious. I'm proud of you. We did win, but um, yeah, anyways. It was just a solo queue game. Uh, it, it was a solo queue game. We did win. And I was super Kobe happy. better I, than Acadian? Bopped him. <laughs> oh, I hate you guys. He specifically was. You hearing this Acadian? You hearing all the shit he's talking? I, oh my God. <laughs> I hate you. This I, is why playing as a pro player just sucks. Like, yeah. if you ever lose a solo queue game, people are like, I beat a pro player. It's amazing. I mean, Kobe's not saying that, but we're yeah, saying it yeah. for him. We're saying it for him. Yeah. He doesn't have he to. He beat a pro because player. Because he's thinking it. We're yeah. just reading his mind. I, I was super hyped and I was like jumping around the office. You should be excited. Captain Flowers That's was cool. like spectating the game. He saw yeah. the, was like watching from the beginning. Um, but uh, what was I talking about? You guys are talking about Zig and Acadian, you know, Zig and, Acadian, <laughs> and that's Acadian why you're putting had, had some good splits, right? And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyways, Thanks. this this team, okay, we were talking mm-hmm. about this team. Um, the other question mark, I really like, um, you know, Romaine that they brought in to run the team and everything like that, mm-hmm. but um, their choice for a coach, the previous French caster, Zabutin, yeah, um. Like he, I have he has no track record with me, so I yeah. that's a question mark, and and to me, uh, uh, something that that's I have right that much of an unknown is super scary considering what you know he's gonna have to piece together because these guys don't have history. The the other thing is even even if you put you know whoever your most confidence is for a coach, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you put Reaper on this team, does it change the ranking? Right? Like for me, it's tough because it's it's less about the coaching and more about. Uh, like the raw talent and, and of the actual team, and I just think that it's going to be very tough for a lot of these guys to to compete. You know, mm-hmm. and and honestly, for Zabutin, it kind of puts him in a bit of a tough position because even if he does a good job as a coach, I don't think this is a team that's that's going to be skyrocketing to the top of the rankings. Yeah, and I, I do want to. We have Optic as total tenth. I put them tenth, but I do want to have that that positive spin on it as well because I sat down with Romain shortly after all the rosters were announced. Like I talked to him for a while about their process and he said a lot of really good stuff that was yeah. convincing me that they can find some long-term success like again they have strong backing Zabutin and him are both older they have held professional jobs they're going to try and run it very much like a professional place where your practice environment is where you're able to practice they have you know relatively strict rules and they trust that Zabutin has the game knowledge and they have a lot of motivated players right Acadian and Zig haven't necessarily won that much. They have a lot to prove. Lemon Nation has never found success without High. Oftentimes, everyone says High is this great, amazing leader, but Lemon Nation, a lot of time, has been a great strategic mind in League of Legends, and people say he's over the hill. Like, if those things aren't true, they can win games, right? It's just Mm -hmm. after everything we've talked about, we're not going to predict it. And and also, to be fair, I think the organization itself, as far as gaming, even just gaming history, is is very successful. uh, Really big in in a lot of shooters. They've had so much success. And as far as brands coming into the league, whether or not this roster individually is very successful, I have have confidence that Optic long-term can be a very successful team Mm -hmm. in the league. And, I mean, this is a team that everyone thinks about Team Solo Mid as the most popular team in North America, and they have been in League of Legends for so long. Um, But as far as actual gaming brands, 
brands. I mean, Optic is massive. Optic is is bigger than TSM. They have a bigger following, a bigger fan base, you know, across all the titles than TSM does, I would say certainly. Um, you know, even just looking at like Twitter followers, which isn't the best metric, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, TSM has 1.5 million, Optic has uh, 3.3 or whatever yeah. million, right? I mean, Nate and, Shot and has like brand. 2 million subscribers on his YouTube channel. Exactly. Like, There's some are, really big brands coming from Call of Duty. Some really big brands coming in. And I think that's very exciting to bring more attention uh, to the league and to, to maybe, you know, uh, find some more players who are interested in watching league as an esport and and to see how these other brands that have been so successful in other leagues, you know, both the NBA teams coming in and teams like Optic and, you know, the the, the backing of Nate Shot and some of these guys to see how they can build it up and, and long-term what they're going to do because it's it's impossible for everyone to succeed right now, but, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some of these teams can do it better and some of them can kind of eclipse some of the the teams that have been here for a long time when given enough, uh, enough years to do it. Yeah, and at least at the start of the season, I'm excited for, like, actually every game yeah. because I'm still going to be really excited to watch Optic play against Nate Shot right early on with 100 Thieves like a- every matchup on day one is going to be exciting let's move on to some Twitter questions though since we have had some pretty dedicated fans asking us some good questions uh, this one I really liked um, it's from Sir Birdplane I'm thinking of getting people in the LCS but with stuff like the pick ban and the amount of stuff on screen during the game there's a lot to explain. Mm-hmm. Any chance for a primer for new viewers for those and other pro play things to know. So I will say they're actually uh, is it's this is a bit outdated maybe but I think a lot of the same things would apply. Uh, for 2016 World mm-hmm. Finals we actually did do a noob stream which yep. we explained a lot of stuff. Um, we also did do a YouTube video before that that was just basically mm-hmm. uh, explaining hey this is what this means on the spectator client this is what that means on the spectator client so there are changes in the game but overall that would probably give you a pretty good primer yeah. but i also want to say this like whenever i've tried to get someone into a sport like hey i don't know basketball i don't know football like it doesn't work to sit them in front of the screen and say pay attention just watch the game with them and answer their questions mm-hmm. that is the best way to get them into it like sure watch the five minute primer if you can keep their attention that long but actually just watching the game and being yeah, there with agree. them i think is the best way to get them in yeah uh, even a game that's seemingly as simple as basketball like i started thinking about trying to like explain it to someone all the little once rules. you get past get the ball in the hoop and you start like trying to explain picks and, and different yeah. why was that a foul they hit and, each like, other three like, in the well, key because he wasn't Shock moving and his hands were high enough Locking, yeah. not allowed to touch charging, his hand. Right, yeah. yeah it just gets uh, icky you can't goaltend the ball, but you can pick it up and dunk it. Like, there's a lot of weird stuff. You know where you should go? Uh, go out, download the game, play it with your friends, you invite go. everybody you know, that you know. Uh, free to play. FreeToPlayLegends.com. <laughs> but uh, the, the noob stream is actually pretty good for that because it is just yeah. watching a game, yeah. and it's much more basic level. As a of, hey, he's and then watch it. the live stuff because yeah, that's exciting. For sure. Also, did you know, like, uh, a lot of our viewers just recently started watching. So we have, like, a tremendous amount of new viewers uh, you are not alone to, out there. To the dive, a- welcome. Everybody's viewers. just out there. No, to the North American LCS. <laughs> yeah. uh, None of them can stand us for long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you look at the drop-off, it's like, Twitter questions, no. Uh, next one, Johnny Pastrami tweets, <laughs> at Ol Prisky, with the switch back to BO1s, do you think NA and EU LCS will see a dip in their performance on the international stage? No, I don't think it matters. At the end of the day, the amount of games you play on stage is so small compared to the overall amount of games that you are playing. 
right? Like mm-hmm. there's so many scrims. Yes, there's stage experience, but there was so much talk about, oh my God, best of threes is going to be it. NA is going to be the best. Didn't make a difference. NA's performances have been the same pretty much overall when it's best of ones and best of threes. EU made it to the semifinals of Worlds. Uh, you know, in the past when it was best of ones as well, best of threes does not inherently mean your region is going to do better. I, I just do not believe it's going to affect international performance. 100% agree. Next question. At damn for real lol, how would you compare this preseason to other preseasons? Elemental drags, different smites. Was it too long, and should there have been more or less? Um, I, I had the feeling that I wanted to play ranked as soon as I figured out what was super strong for me. Mm-hmm. So I, mean, I think a lot of people had that feeling of like, oh, I want to play ranked now. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it probably felt a bit too long. Um, but as far as like, trying to work through all the balance changes and and, and them trying to yeah. get a handle on what direction they want the start of the season, which is very important yep. to have a good start. Um, I I would like them to take as much time as they you know need to to have a good start. Yeah. The launch is so important. I think about pros and cons of they've done it a couple different ways. Um, we've had the season start in December, yeah. but then what ends up happening is the game is usually pretty stagnant over that couple weeks because people do take Christmas break. Uh, oh my god oh no and then the game doesn't necessarily get balanced there so having a ranked season was something that could be completely out of line kind of sucks there and yes the preseason does feel long but i like the fact that they start a preseason right after worlds normally it's been delayed the time Mm -hmm. after worlds when you're still playing on the old patch to me is like the most boring time in league when you're just waiting for the preseason changes so as far as maximizing pros and cons I really like what they did this year. And and as, as for me personally, I just enjoy trying different stuff. And like, I don't really care about grinding ranked. So uh, like I play a lot of Phil. It's fun to just keep trying new stuff. Like it takes forever to almost get through all these different champions, all these different roles and try all the different things you want to try. You know, if you are just specifically trying to find like, you know, for you, what's the best thing for me in jungle? This is what I want to do. And then you want to smash people, then you don't need as much time. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still experimenting, playing different roles, playing different yep. champions, playing different rune setups. And it's been really fun because I think there's a lot of pretty cool combinations uh, to try out. And, you know, every week it feels like I have something new that, I, that I've been wanting to play. Yeah. Even though the competitive side of me was like, oh my God, I want to grind this right now because I want to abuse and and I think that it, if it goes on longer, other people will also figure out yeah. what I feel like I, you know, and even if that's not true or whatever. Solve the equation. Yeah, I think I'm so smart or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but the other side is that because it, there was no ranked, I was just spamming uh, ranked flex queue with my friends and mm-hmm. like ranked doesn't matter or whatever. Yeah. But we had a ton of fun like for almost a month, right? Where it's it's what you're saying. I actually got back into playing assassin junglers mm-hmm. and now I'm going to use those in the season. And I was originally only playing those because like, oh yeah, you know, it's just but if it's fun for your real And, and if the off season exactly. was shorter, you wouldn't have done that. So. Maybe. And I yeah. picked up mid lane. I still suck at it, but I'm much better than when I started. There you yeah. go. Uh, awesome. So I think this was our longest episode ever. I think we're clocking in at like 87 minutes. That's very long. Yeah. All right. It's the pre it's the most exciting season ever. I'm I'm looking forward to the dive later. They tell me we have more slides than ever. You mean this, this is the dive. Yeah. This is gonna be a good this or that. Woo! All right. That's <laughs> this or that. Are we on this or that or the dive? Yeah, that's <laughs> gonna do it for this episode of the dive. NALCS starts this weekend. It's 1.30 p.m. PST for the pregame show with Champ Select, if everything goes right, starting at 2 p.m. Big matchups, TSMTL, Optic 100 Thieves, 
clutch game in Golden Guardians because Houston Rockets and Golden State Warriors own those teams. A lot of really cool stuff. I think CLG plays C9 as well. Like, <laughs> I like game. that that's the afterthought. Yeah, it's it wasn't on the CLG Cloud9. It's, it's going to be really good. And thank you so much for sending in all the Twitter questions and keep hitting us up with those. And uh, we're going to be maybe a bit more involved in some of the, you know, the Reddit threads and stuff. So if <laughs> you guys want to post your own power rankings there, uh, we can see uh, how well or how poorly we did according to the community. So thanks again, guys. See you next week.